just going to pray for you, Kev. Please, yeah. Father, just thank you for Kev. Thank you for um, just the privilege and the real pleasure of, of having him. Uh, next to me here today, Lord, just thank you so much for all that, all that's all that's gone on over the years, and your faithfulness to them. Mm. And I just pray, Lord, that um, as He speaks uh, to us this afternoon, that our hearts uh, would be touched, our minds would be renewed. It would just be a work of Your grace among us through through this man. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's a lovely welcome. Um, it's so rare we're back, and uh, but I know that you. You, you have cared for us as a family. Um, I know that for years, we've barely ever seen us or hearing much from us, and um, and we are grateful. And uh, I just want to just say that as a family, thank you for carrying us in your hearts. Thank you for blessing us as you have. So thank you. And, and what a beautiful time of worship. Well, I feel freedom. Thank you, Hasia. I feel freedom this morning. So um, I hope and trust that Jesus will bless us together. Um, Steph asked to speak on faith. It's a bit like being asked to speak on prayer. Oh my goodness. <laughs> have I got any? And uh, am I qualified? It's the first thought. And I thought, well, I do have some faith. I thought, yes, I do. Um, and I began to think, so what sort of faith do I have? And um, I, 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 I sort of settled on the kind of three. If I think about faith that I've experienced, I, um, what I understand of the Bible uh, at present, there are sort of three really. There's that faith that, that took a, a, a 25-year-old fella who never knew God and who had no knowledge of him. And, and suddenly, one Saturday morning in May 2000, uh, in uh, 1992, I just, I just believed. <laughs> and it was faith that, that didn't come from within me. It's faith that came from without me. And whether you're raised in a, a Christian home and you have knowledge of God, there is a moment where, where suddenly it, it turns from knowledge and it turns from awareness into trust, into I, 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 I put myself in Him. You know? There were people with so much knowledge about Him, but they've, they've never done that bit. Because you can't do that bit. It don't come from you or me. It can't, it's a gift. It's freely given. And the appeal Steph made earlier, it's, it's a gift. There's no change required. None. No change. No work. It's freely given to me. And I trust and believe and I'm rescued in a moment. And I, I, I'm aware of that. And... Um, I have one tie. There's, there's another faith that talks about in um, 1 Corinthians 12. The gift of faith. A gift of faith is, is given. And I can think uh, in my life of um, a couple of weeks ago, we had a, um, we're a little community, about 20 or so. We gather every couple of weeks. And we had a worship time. And then um, one of my girls just had a picture of, uh, of golden art, a golden arch. And, uh, and, and she said, I don't know what it means, but there's a golden arch and sort of look out over the city. And uh, I, I thought about McDonald's. I was thinking, <laughs> I said, golden arches. This is a big Mac, you know, to all beef patties. <laughs> it was lunchtime. And uh, for somebody else, I had an interpretation. And um, I'm just I think it's about standing in God's perspective, seeing it from, seeing, looking at the city from God's place. And, um, and one of the guys, big Leszek, he's a big Polish fella. Uh, Steph's met him. And uh, anyway, he's, he's really inflamed uh, nerve endings in his back. And, and I knew this when he came in, so I thought, oh, you know, I'm going to pray for him this morning. It would be good to do that. But then this word came about, about God's perspective. And there was just this rise of, okay, so come on, we're going to stand in God's, God's gates here, God's good gates. And there, there is pain. What's God's take on that? Yeah. Well, he hates that. He loves this man. 
It was for him. So we just, it was more than just God, we love him, bless him. It was pain in Jesus' name. Release. We speak release for you. And, and there was just, it was effortless. Uh, you know, it was. And, I, and the following week, we had, uh, weekend, we, had, we were away together. We had our weekend away. And he, he was, he was here. He was doing, um, he was doing all this sort of thing. And some of the guys said, that in itself is a miracle. He's a big fella, you know. Just the, <laughs> never done it before. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he was like, wow, I couldn't tie my laces this morning. My wife was having to do all that. And, um, and the following week, he still, he still had a little bit of pain the following weekend. And um, actually, I didn't pray for him. But what I learned from that is that there, there is a gift of faith. There is this thing that comes as like a fuel injection for a work, for a moment. For a long-standing uh, good work that God's calling you to, from, from your perspective, it's like, this is just ordinary, this is just life. Why is that? Because it's, it's not from within me, it's a gift of faith for a work that God's prepared in advance for me to embrace. And so that's the second, when I think of my life and faith, is that second uh, faith. And then there's a third uh, faith that I'm aware of in our life, and I want to speak on that this morning. It's, it's sort of describing it as faith to finish, faith that becomes steadfastness. And um, I want to sh- share some, uh, some will be quite personal, uh, things I've not shared before, really. Certainly not in a setting like this. I hope that's okay. I hope I don't uh, <laughs> fall apart. <laughs> um, but I want to share about faith that becomes steadfast. He's talking to a young guy just outside this morning, one of you guys. He said, my, continuously, now my ambition is I just want to finish well. You know, I want to see great things for God and salvation. So on, but, my, but my great dream is I want to finish well. Yeah, so do I. And so do I. And so there is this faith to finish. And in James, you can turn if you like, we'll just refer to it throughout. We'll, we'll preach from Psalm 46. But James says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Trials, suffering, and faith together can produce steadfastness. And steadfastness is the currency that is going to take Kevin Riley through this journey of life and plant me at some point in the ground, happy and free, and, and that moment of transition where I fall asleep and I wake up. And it's not as if through the flames, but it's well done. I want that. And James says that steadfastness comes as faith in God and, and, and circumstances beyond me, beyond my capacity, are mixed together. And if I respond well in those things, then this wonderful currency of steadfastness is created within me. And it's that that is going to lead me through. It's that that's going to help me press through till I come to a glorious moment. Well, I'm fully embraced by God and in, in, in that way. So that's what I want to speak on this morning. Um, if you turn to Psalm 46, please. Um, James gives us a, a, um, this kind of distilled uh, comments about suffering and faith. Uh, Psalm 46 takes us on a, on a bit of a journey. It's a song. And it's, a, it's like a country song. You know country. I like country songs. They, they tell a story and I like stories. <laughs> I'm not going to sing it to you. But I like it. And, and Psalm 46 is it's like this kind of journey story uh, of a people who have faced some things and walked with God through them. And, uh, and I hope that it will help us uh, on this subject this morning. Um, 
Uh, and it's important just to say that we're not born again with this faith. Right? We're born again with the gift of faith. This steadfastness only comes through our engagement with, with tough things and trusting God. It comes as we connect with these things. We're not born again. I think I am as a young man, as a young Kevin Riley. I'm taking over the world. Really, I really kind of had that sense of... And as I get older, I sort of discover actually there's frailty and weakness in me. Um, and I was unaware of it then. And I, I've discovered that actually as I embrace difficult things and as God has ordained for me and purposefully uh, set apart circumstances that are hard and tough, it's important that we honour hardship. We, we, it's, it's not accident. It's not satanic attack. Because we don't believe Satan actually rules. We believe overarching it. There is a loving Father who has taken my life and he has, uh, he has prepared every good work. And he has allowed these things to happen in his goodness and wisdom. So we honour those, those seasons of tough things that people face. We understand that in that God is drawing very near and very close and has a particular and special work of love and grace to bring to that person in that season. Very important. It's not about get over it and get through it because we understand that actually in that season God is drawing near. God is producing something in this person, because in his love and mercy he knows that person needs something for the journey that lies ahead and steadfastness is being cultivated and created and growing in that person as they wrestle with this uh, particular whole range of different situations. Um, this steadfastness, it's essential for us to finish the race that God's marked out for us. Um, it's unavoidable, not simply because Jesus said, you know, if they persecuted me they will persecute you. Uh, though that's true. Uh, suffering is unavoidable because I believe it is the way that this steadfastness that James speaks of is, is produced. It's, and, and, and so in that sense, there is, a, there is a giftedness about it. So painful, some things. So very difficult. And yet there is a giftedness that comes from a loving father that says, I know. And there's a sharing in of sufferings that draws a, a, a man or a woman or a family into something of the experience of Christ. And, 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 and there is a togetherness and a fellowship that is forged in that that produces this, this, stead, this currency, this, this capacity to stand to, 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 to with conviction and resolve and, and not to give way and not to give it up and not to turn to this or to that, but to follow through. And there's a giftedness about it. And James jumps in with, you know, <laughs> um, count it pure joy. And Psalm 46 is going to help us to, to do that. Um, so let's turn in here. Um, <clears throat> verse 1, Psalm 46. God, God is our refuge and uh, strength. It's a statement of fact. It's a song of intent. God is and God is, he will be, I will make him my. It has that about it. It's a song, it's an expression of truth by people who are facing some things. And we'll look at that in a moment. He is our refuge and strength. A very present help in times of trouble. God is the beginning of this story. God is the object of this story, this song, as we'll see. 
faith that becomes steadfastness that, that is forged and shaped and becomes this, this, uh, this currency that leads me through um, puts God at the very beginning God it, 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 uh, hardship and suffering will force you because hardship and suffering um, it, it strips you of options it places you in a situation where you don't have what it takes to change the situation that is causing you pain. If you can change it, it's, it's, a, it's a bit tough, you know, but I could work a couple of hours and, you know, make the extra money. I don't mind hard work. But when I'm faced with circumstances that I cannot change, that's very tough. And it forces me to apply it. It's not even that it forces me, but within me, I long for comfort. I long to place myself in something somewhere. Maybe it'll be alcohol. Maybe it'll be, I'll just lose myself in videos and films. Maybe it'll be holidays. Maybe I'll just go on a shopping spree, which is unlikely. I don't do shopping spree. <laughs> so probably not there. No comfort in there for me. But, but, but I will place myself in something because the very nature of suffering and, and trial is that I, I, I am out of control. I'm out of control. I don't mean like I've lost it. I mean in the sense that I, I can't change. I must change and I can't change. So I place myself in someone, something, somewhere. And the psalmist says, God, God, make God. God is my refuge and strength. If we make him our refuge and strength, we begin this journey where the faith that I bring, which is very small, (laughs) it's just I believe you're here. It's not much more than that. Because it's out of control and it's beyond me. And I have questions. I have significant questions. I do. I know you give me no answers. But I make you my refuge. And I choose to stand in you. And it's the beginning of this beautiful intimacy between man and God, Father, Son and Spirit, drawn into Him, community, whereby He takes that and begins to forge our steadfastness, resolve, conviction. This that will carry me through. Um, Everything flows um, from verse 1 in this psalm. Uh, It is the castle keep. It is the strong room. It is the place of safety when all is falling apart around me. Verse 1 is my strong room. It is. I go in. I open the door. I don't run. Hiding and refuge is different from running. Running is fear. Sometimes it's not a bad thing. Joseph ran in fear. Potiphar's wife and what would happen. That's a good thing. That's not this kind of fear that's talked about in the next couple of verses. It's not running. It's choosing to stand and hide. Making him my refuge. Understanding that he must become my strength because the circumstances are beyond my capacity. And so I need a source of strength from without me. If you stand in verse 1, you'll be led to the joy of verses 4 and 5. This river of gladness that will come to you. If you stand in verse 1... You'll experience the intimacy and fellowship of verses 10 and 11. If you stand in verse 1, if you choose, because we do choose, because when it is that bad and that, that all-consuming and that impossible, and when we've considered the, the, the implications of this set of circumstances for my life, we're going to run somewhere. 
And if we choose, God is our refuge and strength. And the blessing, the blessing of gladness and of intimacy and fellowship absolutely will be ours. And more, we will see that. Um, Our son, Flynn, was born on the... Uh, 3rd of May 2012 he was born at 20 past 8 and I gave him 3 hours to live and um, our world was turned upside down never experienced anything like it it was awful I told the kids the next day they were with friends so on a Thursday night on a Friday we are just thinking he's going to go we just don't know what to do and um, on Saturday he was just lagged up in hospital for, for days he's going to and from hospital and trying to make sense of things and then come the Sunday and Sunday morning I had a couple who were with us at the time we had a time together I remember kneeling around a coffee table we broke bread I think we worshipped bless the Lord oh my soul a million questions just numbness not even perhaps questions just numb but, they say, they say, but God is my refuge. I don't understand. I don't know what, the, what it means. I don't understand anything. I make my refuge. And it's a choice. I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful I didn't get lost in something else. I didn't choose, and it's not perfect. Like Abraham, great man of faith, terrified about his wife. It's not perfect, please. There are no superstars in the room. None. None. Just ordinary people with complex lives uh, and a loving father that's all but we we choose him God my refuge and strength and ever present help in times of trouble and then verse 2 it says therefore the writer says we will not fear (laughs) fear the great enemy of faith fear will rob you fear will just rob you of the capacity Oh, is even the right way to phrase it? It will just take from you. It will bind you. It will hold you. It will prevent you from travelling. It will, it, will, it, will, it will lock you in. It will, it, will, it will shape your life in so many ways. And the, the answer is not, I will not be afraid. The answer is, God is my refuge and my strength. That is the answer. And it's taken me years. I'm 48 now. I kind of, I used to get locked into, I can do all things. That was was my, you know, (laughs) where's Kevin? I don't know, but he's doing all things. He can do anything. (laughs) Doing all things somewhere. You know, through Christ who strengthens me. How does he do that? It's almost like an afterthought. Through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things. He strengthens me as I'm driven to refuge. And as I place myself in him. And and as I recognize my weakness and frailty, so his strength rises up within me. And so fear is forced out because perfect love, who is our God, is, is pressing in on heaven because he's chosen a place of refuge. Somewhere to hide. Weakness is such a blessing. It's such a blessing to recognise weakness. We honour strength and glory. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But, but weakness, this this capacity that says Lord it's you and, and it's, it must be you that, that is wonderful that's what we're about that's what's going to lead me home actually because <laughs> I'll go so far on what I've got and then trial and suffering comes and I realise I ain't got what it takes see 
God in his kindness leads me to that because I can't get to the end on what I got. <laughs> At some point I'll run out. And so God says, I'm going to build steadfastness into you, Kevin. Therefore we will not fear. They had reason to fear. Earthquakes, it says, mountains shaking and disintegrating, roaring, foaming oceans. I think it's reasonable to suggest that if you're experiencing that, you're probably going to be slightly anxious. I've never experienced an earthquake, but I can't imagine standing in that and just saying, oh, happy day, I can't. And, and, and so I don't think it means we will, never, we will never be anxious. I don't think it means that. Jesus wasn't like that. Jesus faced with, uh, in the garden, isn't he? My soul is overwhelmed with uh, sorrow to the point of death. Take this cup away from me. It wasn't a happy day. It was, Lord, I, I see what this means for me. I understand the implications of what you've called me to. And this is honestly how I feel about it. It's expressed. But fear will not govern me. And fear will not direct my decisions. And so, no, not my will, but your will. Take this cup away. But no, not my will, but yours. It will not have its way over my life. It will not govern me. It will not have authority over me. I will not allow it to draw me into other places of comfort. This is what the, 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 the psalm says. This is the song. <laughs> from within the loving strong room that is God Father, Son and Spirit I have freedom to honestly survey and talk of, to him about the implications of what I face we should I remember Steph preaching at our, our son's funeral and uh, from Job uh, I remember him saying that the only good thing that the Job's friends did was they listened at the beginning that was the best thing they did. Because it's so important that when you suffer and you face something, that you're able just to talk, not be fixed. <laughs> God works all things together for good. Oh, I'm going to punch you. Don't say that. <laughs> Don't say that to me now. Go away. Really, I know it's true. I know it's true, but there is a journey here. There is a journey. But rather than that, say so God is... God is our, okay, come here, God is our refuge. Not yours, because you need him. <laughs> you really need a refuge now. So God is yours. I pray. No, no, no. God is our refuge. Okay, we're the same. I'll stand with you. Been blessed with, with some, including Steph, who just like that. Not fix us. Not, not simplistic. So complex. Emotionally, spiritually, physical. Being able to speak plainly about things. It's, it's there in the psalm. The psalmist does that. Uh, and then, verses uh, 4 to 5. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning... Oh, come to me in a minute. There is a river whose streams make glad. This is the joy that James speaks of. As I'm forced to choose God, I choose. And this is the faith bit. See, because I've got to choose. It's not like the everyday stuff. I just love God. There's a choice. I'm breaking up. And so I choose. That's the faith. And as I place myself in Him, then there is the promise of joy. It's not, come on, can find something to be thankful about. That's not it. The psalmist pastors. The song pastors me. <laughs> it shepherds me. It draws. It says, "Come on, come on, sheep. Come on, wounded man. 
like here. As I place myself here. So I speak honestly about it. So the river of God, the, gl- the gladness of God, is, is made available to me. I'm drawn into this happy God who, is f- who, who takes my tears. So joy from one who, who, who can, has the capacity to draw near in sorrow is wonderful. If it's just be happy from somebody who fails to understand, I struggle with that. But this is God. And Jesus said, He shared in our sufferings. He took on flesh. He's experienced weakness. He's been tempted in every way. He knows what it is to, to, to be a human being. And I'm drawn into that as I choose Him as my castle keep. And I'm drawn in Father, Son, and Spirit. Perfect in love, perfect in honouring one another, preferring one another. The Father says, I give it to the Son, and the Son says, no, but it's your glory. And there's this glorious freedom in Father, Son, and Spirit. Magnificent. And here in this, this place of refuge, I choose to come. He doesn't offer me answers. Joy comes before any fixing in this psalm. Come in a minute, that. But before that, there is this, I'm just drawn into him. One who knows. One who, in whom who's shared <laughs> in suffering. And so gladness comes. It speaks of the friendship and fellowship in, in Genesis at the beginning. It speaks of the, the river of life that flows from the throne in Revelations 22. It speaks of the streams of living water that I may never thirst again. It speaks of the, the, the waters that flow from within me, Jesus, again in John, uh, John 7. And I experience that as I choose him. And I choose to make him my refuge. God is in my midst. And therefore I will not be moved. Faith that leads to steadfastness is not something I um, feel or muster up. It's a position that I, I choose to occupy. It's not emotion that, 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 that I don't think. I think when people are at, at a wall... When, when really there is very little you can left options, stuff that you can do. You place yourself in Him, and the joy that you experience has, has come from somewhere deep. Deep calls the deep. I think somebody read it today. It's it's come from somewhere outside of you and you've been placed within him and it's a bit inexplicable it's not funny ha ha it's it's peace and a capacity to to not fall apart i'm not sure joy always looks like happy dancing because i think when you when you're just in the ground joy just looks like bad i i i, I a bit weird <laughs> But I, I, I think it can be peace. I think it can be expressed in a whole range of different ways. But it doesn't come from just Kevin be happy. It comes from fellowship and communion with him. Um, yeah. Fourthly, the deliverance that is promised in, in uh, verse 5. The second part, God will help her when morning dawns. And I begin to, to hope. See, I begin to hope, and the hope comes from fellowship. 
The hope comes from faith. I don't understand. I can't fix it. I'm overwhelmed. And I, I, but I choose. And so the psalm, the song goes on and, and God will help her when morning dawns. And here the psalmist expresses expectation that God will act. It's not, I, I want to enable Kevin to mentally and emotionally cope. It is, God, we sang it, he is alive today and he is risen and he will act. He will act. It is against his character to stand by and watch suffering and pain and fail to act. It is outside the nature of God because it's cruel. I don't understand everything I see and I don't understand circumstances in my own life and the life of my family. But I believe that verse. I believe that God will help her when morning dawns. And I don't know quite when the morning is. And the morning dawning wasn't in the life of our son. In those seven and a half months. So I believe God sustained him and graced him with months. Having been given hours. But I believe that there is a resurrection. And I believe that our son and brother, has. That there is a rescue, there is a salvation. And some say that's a bit of a cop out. No, I believe in the fullness of God's, of, of God's capability. And I trust in his love and wisdom that says, it's not for now, Kevin. It's not for now. I can't kind of prove that or argue that, and I wouldn't care to. I just trust because I'm, I'm in the castle keep, I'm in the strong room. And there he is, and I trust and his ways are not my ways. And I choose when, when he doesn't act to, to raise our son to health. I choose that there is a loving wisdom that has, has not acted in this time and space. I just choose to believe that. And I believe that... Um, he enjoys a healthy body now. <laughs> I believe that. He must act. Help is coming. He must act. It's not a vain hope in your circumstances. Long suffering is just by its nature long. <laughs> you know, and I've not experienced long suffering actually. As, 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 as real as these things are to me, long suffering, years. I know people who have. I know people who have endured for many years long suffering. And God has not acted. God has not, has not brought change that has been hoped for and prayed for in this life. And, and yet there is a hope. There is a trust that he will. And we live hoping and trusting. And then when circumstances don't match as we hope for, we believe in the full regenerative work of God, the full fullness of his salvation. We believe he's coming back. We believe he's going to make all things new. We believe in restoration. We do. We believe those who have fallen asleep ahead of us, untimely in human eyes, actually they'll be coming together, a glorious meeting. So we believe for God to act, not simply that he will enable me to endure. Um... And then verses 6 to 9. Uh, the nations rage, the psalmist says, 
Uh, it gets a bit warlike here. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come behold the works of the Lord. How he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow. He shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. At this point in the psalm, I am still sitting in God. It says in the morning, he will act. He has not acted yet. I still sit in him. He is my keep, my strong room, my refuge. Joy has been it begins to gladden my heart. There is hope of God acting and intervening. And now the song takes me to look way beyond my circumstances right now. And it points to a time of complete transformation. It, the psalmist lifts me to a, to a time, an end age time, when the, 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 uh, the earth is going to be filled with the sound of trumpets and the Lord is going to return. And it's going to be a glorious day. It's going to be magnificent. And I'm still sitting there with all of my stuff around me. Things that I can't fix. Things that I've expressed to him. I'm drawn into him. There's a certain joy that, that, that comes to my heart. And, uh, and there's the promise of action on God's part. And now it's, now look. Now look, Kevin. See. See, Kevin. God is in full control. And that's what this tale tells me. God is in complete and utter universal control of all things, all of the time. And that's what I'm drawn to here in this place. This, this intimate, it's, it's just me and my stuff. And God says, look up. The psalmist draws me up to a time where the earth melts. Where judgment, holy, perfect, good, righteous judgment. The word has such connotations about it. But when it comes from the throne of grace, it is good and glorious. Because that's all he is. A time where wars cease. It's never happened before. And it will never happen. Until that time where Jesus brings in this new age. This glorious, uh, this glorious end. And I'm drawn up into that. This aspect of the psalm, it pastors me. It, it, it places my, my circumstances in this wonderful... Uh, context where God is in full control. It's the big picture and it's Kevin all at the same time. And it pastors me. Because it's very easy to get lost in pain. It's very easy to get lost in your pain. And God knows that. Jesus has experienced that. And he's wrestled with that. Take it away. And this part of the psalm, it draws me to something beyond me. And I really need that. And we need that if we're to walk well through trial and suffering and have God act upon our faith and produce this steadfastness in our soul. And then in verse 10, we're nearly there. As I sit in the... Nothing's happened yet. <laughs> I'm just sitting still. And this, I believe, is the object of the whole thing. It sounds a bit like this, probably. It's just peace, silence, stillness, contentment, trust, hope. It's not crazy daisy pulling your hair out. How am I going to work it? 
It's Kevin, be still and know. Be still and know. I have so many questions. And I will never have answers. And I might bet saying that Jesus died with a question on his lips. Why have you forsaken me? And I, the only answer to that is to be still and know, to be still in trust. It's a very simple life we're called to lead. It's a very, very simple life. It becomes so complex, I don't understand why. Make him your refuge. Journey with him in these things. And you will experience, you will experience this place where God is God. And you can trust him. It doesn't come from you. It comes from your fellowship with him. Be still and know that I am God. I believe um, steadfastness that James speaks of. I've, I've had the wrong picture in my mind for so many years. And it's partly my personality. I sort of picture a lone man out somewhere standing. I love pictures like that. You know, I was in the army. I'm a bit like that. A bit like that. Um, steadfastness actually isn't that. It's a weak man who just chooses to play. That's the only bit really, actually. That's the only bit I do. I, I choose him rather than these things. And steadfastness, I think, is less about Kevin standing. We so we honour those things. I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> I'm blessed by it sometimes, but I'd actually, actually, do you know what? I don't think that I don't believe that there are any pioneers. I just don't. I'll never go first. Jesus always goes first. I'm not trying to be flip about it, but I just don't. Be, I don't believe it. <laughs> it. It positions me in a place I don't actually. After a number of years, I don't want to be there. I don't mean in Poland, I mean just the lone man, the pioneer, the strong man. I don't want to be that, because I'm not that. I'm not, and I discovered that. I released from that. I want to be the man who rushes to him. That's what I want, because that's the, that's the, the place. And, and this place isn't just like a quiet cave, which is what it always used to be. Steph knows me well enough to know that. <laughs> People talk about it positively, don't they? Cave time. I don't know. People talk about men need cave time. I just think, well, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm not very good. I'll bang my head. I'll get bored. I'll do things that I shouldn't be doing. I don't need that. I, I, I don't. I think steadfastness rather is a happy, hopeful, expectant, trusting, peaceful, secure, honest, joy-filled man who trusts that God is able to take care of shop that's what I think steadfastness looks like I think that's what God produces I think that's what he's uh, about in this psalm and in my life and in yours and um, yeah to be still and know in the midst of suffering is to experience the development of faith into steadfastness. So be still and know and trust. That is steadfastness. That's it. And as I practice that, so it deposits in me something and it builds and it builds and I go and I, and I arrive home 
in, in the way that uh, God would have me. And then the last verse. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And um, the psalmist finishes as he began. God's presence with us, a refuge, a fortress to us. God of Jacob, I love that, it's become the God of Jacob, God of Grandad, Grandad's God. That in itself speaks of steadfastness, it speaks of a, of a generation to generation, a God who is good to my family. That's what I want. When I, when I reach the end of my days, I want to be knee deep in grandchildren. And really, my dream is, you know, that they'll talk about, you know, the God of great granddad Kev. That's just right. But I do. I, I, I just, you know, like the, the young guy I was speaking with earlier, that's, I believe in the things that God's called me to and they're precious to me. But my great hope is I, I want to finish being still, knowing and trusting, happy. I want to be a happy man in the midst of circumstances that God has ordained and purposefully set apart for me to embrace. Um, they are holy things. And we're not into fixing people's circumstances. We're not. Um, it's important that we understand the wisdom of God and the love of the Father that within this season, I'm about a very precious and special thing. I'm bringing about change that, that won't otherwise occur. And the way that we care for one another and minister to one another is very important. It's very important that we, we have that understanding. This is a holy, holy time. Very holy. They never understood that about Job. And um, God is doing things that are deep and significant. Can we stand together? We just pray. Is that all right? What's the time? Holy Spirit, we just um, thank you, thank you for your, thank you so much for your leadership. Um, this is not a human thing, Lord, to discover joy and gladness in the midst of suffering. It's only a, a kingdom, a kingdom activity, a kingdom thing. And so I, I thank you for your leadership, Holy Spirit. I thank you for these beautiful words that came earlier, Lord. Of Lord, you want to restore. You want to bring freedom. Holy Spirit, we do, we, we do just say that this is, this is your work. This is your ministry to us of restoration, of, of, of deepening uh, friendship and fellowship in our hearts. This is your work. And we receive it. We welcome, we welcome it. We honour, Lord. We honour seasons among us, even in this room. We honour, and I guess it's a personal thing to at some point give thanks. We don't rush to that. But perhaps after time there is an opportunity, Lord, to say thank you, even in the midst of trial. We don't rush to that in some horrible religious way. 
But we recognize, Lord, that fellowship with you has the capacity to to transform me from the inside and to bring joy where there is pain and mourning to dancing. 